0: Good morning and welcome to this very special edition of Autism Live. We are preempting our regularly scheduled programming. We normally have Temple Grand and Tuesdays, but every once in a while, we have to interrupt that when we have things that are important. And today we have something really important. We are welcoming to the show our very special friend, Lisa Ackerman. She is the founder of TACA, the Autism Community in Action, and we need her today. Let me uh, say good morning and welcome, Lisa, and I'm excited to have you here. But let me also just very quickly say that we are live right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and about a dozen other sites. If you are watching and watching us live and want to be a part of the conversation, please write in, uh, especially on those uh, platforms I just mentioned. Uh, We will be able to see your comments in real time. You can also write to us at autism-live.com. And for those of you who don't know, we are also live now on AutismNetwork.com. So why why are we here? Why is Lisa here? Um, Because there is a new report that has come out from the CDC. Um, And so Lisa, there is no one better, in my opinion, um, to be here with us to help us to sort through what's happening and what isn't happening and to understand things. So Lisa, good morning.
1: Good morning, and thanks for being a great resource, and my goodness, you know, I wish I paid more attention in math and uh, statistics uh, well, back in high school and college, um, but I'm going to do my best to give my take monitoring uh, these 10 surveys for the last 20 years.
0: Okay, well, um, but there is a new report, and perhaps yes. we should start there, and, and I think the question that is on all of our lips the last few days is, what exactly does the new report say?
1: one base, Let's clear it up because we wouldn't know in the news what's being said. And, and really, this is a great opportunity to share a take because I've been studying misinformation for since inception and since my son was diagnosed in 1999. Uh, and I have my notes, so excuse me why I refer to them because I want to get it right. Uh, Autism and Developmental Disabilities Monitoring Network, so Adam for short, was called into action by the CDC in 2000. They looked to be Experiencing what they thought was a rapid increase in autism, um, and that was in the 90s. So they calculated their first report um, in 1970 and the 1980s. They believed autism was 1 to 2 million in 10,000. In their first report, they found a dramatic increase. This report is no different. The 2021 data and shared um, Luckily, it's now demonstrating one in forty four us children
0: have autism. You know, I think it took everybody's breath away uh, when it came out the other day um, It feels like though as we filtered through there there's a lot to be unpacked, a lot to be unpacked and I don't know where to start, so I'm gonna because I always say let's ask brighter minds and guess what. I know for sure that you're a brighter mind than I am. So, um, so uh, can you start to unpack this for us? What are the key findings? Obviously, I, I feel like you know it's almost like we have a mo- have to have a moment of silence for that one in forty four, right? But but can we dig deeper? What are the key findings here?
1: Yeah, and and really, I'll just break it down. And I'm still going through it. Me and my team are still going through it. The CDC has a great website with some additional information, but there's. Nuances to this report that I really think are important. One, in the 10 surveys, eight have had an increase. This increase in this report from the last one is 23% higher.
0: And, it's and we've got a graph, right? Uh, Lisa, correct. is it time to yeah. show the graph? Yeah.
1: yeah. And it's roughly a 241% increase since they started looking at the data. What is astounding, and it's not just because I'm from California, But in California, four year olds is one in 24, eight year olds in the survey is one in 26. Um, Overall, uh, 2.3% of eight year old children are diagnosed with autism. California is the highest prevalence of the 11 surveyed sites, surpassing the previous leading state, New Jersey. And overall, the prevalence rates are similar across race and ethnicity following exceptions. American Indians um, and Alaska native children have a higher rate of autism prevalence over white children. And in the multi survey sites, Hispanic children have a lower ASD prevalence over rates over whites and black children. But there are consistent findings. Um, boys are still four times more common diagnosed with autism than girls. And this chart, that chart is just astounding. So those are some of the key things, and we're unpacking a lot more data. Um, to be, to be honest, we're you know we we have a family event, we've been doing a lot of things since this report, uh, but our goal is to get this message out and unpack more additional highlights. So, thank you, and I
0: thank you. Uh, and it's almost like it's just it's so much to take in, right? Mm-hmm. That for me, it's like there's the emotional response, and then there's the intellectual response, and everything in between, right? And it gets complicated. I feel like part of the thing that's hard about this is that when we're looking at these numbers, we we need to have an understanding of what the data is that's collected, what time periods, how, like how how is this information shared? So talk to us a little bit about all of that.
1: Great. I have a chart that I'd like to share that makes this process of understanding complex data easier. Um, And the chart is with regards to the Atom Autism prevalence, and it's looking, you know, from 2018, which is the survey year. So let's look at the first column on the left. That's the birth year for each survey. The survey year is when they started the survey, and the year reported was when the data came out. So I really want to take a pause for a moment. So they looked at 2010 birth year data, and the survey year was 2018. And it took three years to report it, the one in 44 living um, with autism. So there are many kids that are currently not counted. Um, if you think about it, a lot of kids born after 2010, that are in number. But it's a survey. And the survey only looks at 11 states at 8-year-olds and a separate methodology for 4-year-olds. The low in the survey was 1 in 60 in Missouri and Survey was one in 26, and this chart just gives us a better way of looking at the overall findings.
0: Does that make sense? It well, I think it takes a minute. Um, You know, the first time that you explained this on the show, and I looked at it and I could see where my son came in, because look at the birth year, you guys. I think it's important to make it personal. What year did the person that you love on the spectrum, what year were they born? Are they on this chart? Are they represented on this chart, and then look at the year in which they surveyed those individuals, and then the year that it's reported and I think then it becomes personal um you know because I remember the first time that I really started to understand that there was this this chart um my son was four years old, and I saw that the number was going up, and I saw that he wasn't included on it and it- yeah. It was like, oh, they're they're not even counting him yet, and and you begin to understand that even now, uh, like I I think I I think I understand this because I have talked to you before, but knowing that this year the reports that we're looking at are from the year two thousand eighteen still takes my breath away, Lisa.
1: Yeah, and I, I I'm
0: not going to beat on the good fine people that do this survey
1: work because it's it's pretty rigorous what they do. Um, there's oh, other yeah. things that I would like to see and I would like priority and more financial, um, support in every aspect of the growth of autism. So I don't want to beat on the people, but I want to settle. Oh, cares. I don't want to beat on
0: them either. Yeah. I think it takes how long it takes, but I think the reality that, that I, you know, that we're like, Oh, one in 44 or one in 26. But the reality is, if your kid isn't even being counted yet, that in a couple of years this number might be even worse. Yeah. Well, is what I think we all It's definitely on that trend.
1: Um, and we know based on uh, the current annual cost of autism is um, $223 billion per year. And we're projecting the annual cost to be $589 billion by 2030. So. Yeah. And, Really, my, my goal in, in coming on today, one, it's it's sobering. It's an important report. We should go with facts, and I'm hoping families, friends, and our community can have a better understanding of those facts. So we we stay based
0: in facts. Absolutely, uh, and thank you for reminding us to do that. And I think that this um, graphic that you've supplied us with, it's really because for those of us who love someone on the spectrum, this isn't the the big thing for us, right? But sometimes when you're talking to family members who are, who are saying, you know, why why is this such a big deal? Why should this matter to everyone? This is a great leveler. I don't think that people stop and consider that it this has an impact on, abs- if you're childless, and you work in a field that has nothing to do with education or anything else, this still has an impact on you. And it's a big one, a big one. And we know that money, money talks, right? Uh, so thank you for sharing this. It's an important statistic. I, I want to talk with you a little bit, Lisa, about how this report is being covered in the media yeah. um, and, and some of the things that media are saying and what, I want to get your, the facts, but also your opinion about what's happening and, and what would you like to say? We're hearing a lot of, oh, well, it's just better awareness um, and other things as well. Uh, oh, I, oh, saying, oh, well, it's because there's more services available. I I don't understand that. Are they saying that cancer is more prevalent because they've built more hospitals? I don't, I don't even understand that rationale, Lisa. Help me to help me to Understand the data and what the media should be saying. You know, just it breaks my
1: heart um, to use those two as excuses. Uh, so let me let me just break it down. So we serve over 75,000 families. We offer thousands of incidents of support. The most common issue families are facing today are access to services and treatments and therapies. Um and Thanks to the pandemic, there's a staffing shortage across the United States. And currently McDonald's is having trouble hiring. And McDonald's is paying people more than our therapy and service providers. They should be paid in gold twenty times what they're paid. But people can get more money working at McDonald's than working with a complex case of a child with autism to help define what their needs are and provide that level of support. So to say there's a wider availability of service is a complete, unsubstantiated... it's, It's like saying, you know, water isn't wet and we should just not talk about wet water anymore because it's not wet. To me, it's a complete opposite finding to what families are experiencing. And further, the awareness. Let's talk about awareness. It's really hard to miss a child with autism on the playground or at the school or the grocery store. Um, and to say awareness is an example of the increase is an insult to the experts diagnosing autism for decades. Um, and it's an insult to our school district employees that help point out issues when they see them. Um, I, I really wish when statements are, when a big study takes three years to report the prevalence and come out with data. And it takes so much time and effort to share that information. Rather than sharing the feeling, we should back it up with facts. So I want the people saying if a wider availability of service or a better awareness of autism, please back up with the study and support that and substantial information. So I just wanna hit one other thing um, that I think is really important. Where were all these kids before? where we just ignoring them before because that's even worse. Okay? So, but I also want to just counteract a few things. Show me where the one in 44 30 year olds are or the one in 44 40 year olds or the one in 44 50 year olds or the one in 4460 year olds because they don't exist. We're not seeing the same rate of disability. Now, granted, I would say 95% of the families we serve, and I don't have a study on it, so this is an estimate and an editorial, um, have a significant disability and require therapeutics and treatments. Um, about 5% of people who we serve, you know, are walking amongst us, have jobs, and are just an inspiration like Temple Brandon and my son. Um, but most of the people living with autism that we are aware of have significant. Means a significant disability, and we should no longer share excuses. We should share support. So, I really, really appreciate you asking that question because I think there's more to be done here, and there's more respect that we can apply a very rapidly increasing diagnosis to a disability.
0: There we go. And so, in this world where we have so many resources, and now more than ever, What do you, what data do you wish were, and what data would you like to demand be included in the future?
1: I think if you care about a disability, you should care enough to count. We do that across multiple disabilities, and I think a census is in order. And and the level of census should be similar to how we do our census every 10 years. Um, What's the severity? What are the needs? What are the ages? We are operating with so many myths, and really, what we need and should demand is a full census. And that data is available through public trends data, school district data, and even homeschool data. But first and foremost, we need to care enough to count. So that's what I dream. I would like a
0: census, if I could. And and so you're calling for for everyone to be counted instead of right because as you explained in the beginning and as I try to understand right now they're only looking at is it 11 hot spots and and counting those 11 and saying we think that this applies to everybody but i noticed that one of the things that w- this is the first time this is the the first time in all of these years that they've counted california and what did we find that in california it was the highest of all what if there, there's a space that they're not looking where it's even higher? Have well, we even thought of
1: that? Yeah.
0: And, you know, and again, I try to go with fact. I have a lot of
1: feelings. and um, They involve four-letter words, and I'm going to keep it clean to me. Um And I'm not going to cry. And I'm not gonna on rant. our account, I hope. Right. Um, I'm just going to kind of keep it together because there's more questions than answers. And- the Mine Institute did a great study in two thousand and nine that showed the state of California wasn't doing a better job counting um, and it wasn't because of migration, it was simply because there were more children. I would love to see a follow-up study from the Mine Institute going um, you know now over ten years later. Are those findings the same so that study was done in, 2009 in the great two thousand and nine in a great when I refer to it know and we we can make excuses
0: but I think we need to start making answers there you go and and of course that leads me to my next thing that a lot of times when we talk about these kinds of things I I think like a lot of people I start to feel overwhelmed like it's Mm -hmm. more than I know what to do with and I know in my life and and I have friends that feel the same way it feels like action Taking some sort of action, small or large, uh, is what helps de-stress and make us feel like we're going in a direction. So help us here. What can parents, what can caregivers, what can the community do? What's our call to action, Lisa? Well,
1: one, first and foremost, take care of your kids. Love, love your family, love your kids, and, and live for the beautiful things that are going to happen and the accomplishments that are going to take place with your family and your child. Um, but to be aware of the facts, you know, we, we're, we're living with autism. We should know the rate where it comes from. And maybe rewatch this story on Autism Live or go to the Talk About Autism page and make sure when you're quoting things, you quoting things after Um But I would recommend um, we, we need to combat the widening of services, available services, and the better awareness. I think I would love that. Families could share their personal story when a news story is aired and share their personal feelings. Like, it's hard for us to get services. It's hard for us to get the support and therapeutics that my child needs. It's not a better awareness. The gentleman or a woman that diagnosed my son or my daughter has been diagnosing for decades, and they have a backlog. It's hard to get in for services. It's hard to get in for diagnosis. My local hospital is almost a two-year wait list, thanks to the pandemic. Prior to that, was nine to twelve months. So I just I feel like families could do a great justice for getting their story out, letting their story be heard, and sharing what they're feeling. So if you hear your local news story, share its Better awareness or better diagnostics. Write a letter to the editor. Share something. Um, And there's been Dr. Walter Zahabovin out of Rutgers University, who's my personal hero. He's been behind the CDC Adam number since inception. If we can get him on the news and talking to, uh, you know, any U.S. news channel, Seven, Channel Nine, pick it. It would be great to feature the expert that's been counting these figures for decades. And he is an expert like no other, and definitely I bow down to him for his expertise. So I think whenever we see in this truth, the best thing we can do is know what the truth is and do our best to share that truth and the facts behind it. So if we could do that together as a community, we're doing better.
0: Thank you. And please, uh, you know, if that doctor would like to come on here, there's always an open spot. I realize we are not Channel Seven, um, but we, but we always have an open spot uh, here for him. Lisa, I would love it if you would take just a minute um, for anybody who is not familiar with what Taka is. I'm going to give you like three, three minutes here to do a full Taka commercial. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, somebody is watching and they have and they have never heard of what Taka is before.
1: So we, you know, for uh, families living with autism, helping families living with autism, uh, for the folks that don't need our support and services and live with autism, God bless you. I'm I'm glad you don't need our help and services. But for the families that do navigating their autism journey, uh, we do quite a few things. We provide meetings across the United States. We do them virtually and in person. We hold uh, annual conferences that help uh, provide the latest and greatest on therapies and medical treatments and science. We have a mentor program that's match.com without the dating that connects you to a parent that can help you navigate your journey. We have events such as family events and outreach that we do. Uh, We provide webinars which allow people to do Q&A with the top resources in the community. Uh, We have a website that's being accessed by almost 2 million unique visitors annually. We have an autism journey guide we give out for free, roughly 200 pages. Uh, We have a scholarship program that helps meet the needs between what people can afford and what they need. And we provide empowerment and support. So for me, it's all about taking action. Our goal, we have one simple goal that every individual with autism leads an independent and healthy life. That's
0: all we want, happy, healthy people. Which is an incredible thing. And it's very fitting that it is the the holiday time and that you brought up the scholarships. And I always get emotional at this time of year. Whenever people, I see I'm already going to cry. Whenever people talk to me about what makes me feel like it is the holidays like what is the you know if if i was going to write the hallmark movie from my life right and there's never a hallmark movie without a conflict okay i, I know cuz i i'm a hallmark fan i watch all of and i'm not kidding all of them um but the the christmas that will always be the christmas that means the most to me was the christmas after my son was diagnosed and when i tell you guys that i it's important to me to be here to be here for all of you um because i know that sometimes it's hard that that christmas i had that moment it was like this this week uh the beginning of december and i sat down to look at how much money was in the checking account and how much money needed to go out the door for the month and what were the extra things and my, at that point, my son was on a probiotic that was pretty expensive and, but it was helping him. And, um, and I sat there and I was like, well, I don't, yeah, I, where are my tissues? I'm just, you're getting me. <laughs> you know, you're I, I sat, I sat there and I knew that there wasn't enough money to pay rent at the, on the first of the year to buy his medicine, have a, have a special dinner for, for Christmas. Cause it costs more for Christmas dinner and to pay for my son's medication and a toy. That was the other thing. I wanted to get him a toy. Everybody wants to get their child a toy. Right. And, um, I knew that there wasn't enough money to do all that, that rent had to be paid. Um, and then, then I was like looking at the other things and saying, I don't have enough money to buy my child a toy buy his medicine and buy Christmas dinner. I might be able to do one of them. There's no way I'm going to be able to do two and all three can't happen. And I felt like a failure because how could I, as a mom, have concocted a life and brought a child into this world who had special needs and not have made sure that I had enough money to cover all that stuff. I'm just being honest here. I felt like it was the end of the world. I was on the phone with a friend crying and I said, I don't know what to do. And she said, order the medicine. And I said, did you hear me? I don't know that we have enough money to do whatever. She said, order the medicine and and it'll work out. And two things happened. As soon as I ordered the medicine, I got a thing in my email, like within 30 seconds, that was from Taka that said, do you need help this holiday season? And I am not one to ask for help, like many of you. I just, it's just not in my nature, right? And I thought, like many of you write into me all the time, I felt like it was my responsibility and that if I couldn't take care of it, I was a failure. But I read the letter from Taka that was from you, Lisa, and you were saying, don't be afraid to ask for help. And I asked for help and the most amazing thing happened. A Taka family... And you guys paid one month, two months of his medication and the family adopted us. They not only gave my son a gift, but they insisted on giving gifts to my husband and I, we had not had gifts for two Christmases because, you know, you let that go. That wasn't even on the list. Right. And I begged them not to give us a gift, but it ended up being so meaningful, so meaningful. Um, we just wept and it truly felt like it's a wonderful life where we were reminded of what was important. And I remember sitting there that Christmas and saying to my husband, We need to make sure that we pay this forward. Now, as soon as we could, we started doing a sensitive Santa event that we're still doing, where we give away hundreds of toys every year. Um, and and it's because of the inspiration that you gave us, that there are people out there who need help and support. Um, So, you know, I can't thank you enough. Sometime I got to write that Hallmark movie. Um, But it filled me with a sense of what I think the holidays, whichever holiday you celebrate, they're all about light. All of them have the same, same thing in common. They're all about light. And you brought a light into our world to show us that we weren't alone. I will always be indebted to you for that reason. Always, always, always. What you guys do at Taka is absolutely amazing. And uh, I'm so proud to know you. And people are writing in saying, woohoo, yes, Taka, promoting health for our kids, uh, hearts and things, uh, yeah, light for our families. And that is what you have been, Lisa. You have been light for our families. You continue to do that even while you were taking care of your family. That's no small thing.
1: Well, that's a very, I mean, you always kill me with that story, and I'm so glad <laughs> we were there for you. And You know, we've shifted uh, to putting a lot of resources and scholarships for medical care and, and, and taking care of medical necessities like your kids' medicine that you can afford. Um, you know, for families, um, there. I've always been about the underdog. You know, I've always I've always when somebody was being bullied in school, I tried to help. Um talk is now a great team of staff and volunteers and a fabulous board and ambassador group that really cares. And they're very driven to help meet the needs of families living the autism And our life's work is to really, like I said earlier. Get our kids to happy healthy healthy independent adults um, and the prognosis that we're given a diagnosis needs to change. you know when they say that your kid will never do these things and be placed in an institution you should start looking when they're four years old is, is a heartbreak. We should invest in the future of these individuals that can be a bright, Healthy and living life, and that's what I would like to see change. And then continue to doing this work with Taka, continue to help the families that need us and the individuals that need us, so we can drive the best possible outcomes versus the worst case prognosis that's giving a lot of people a diagnosis. So I can change one thing. I'd like to change about twenty. That's starting there. That. A diagnosis it, um, is not game over, it's game on. And let's make sure we do fast the best we can do to help each individual meet their milestones and have a quality
0: It's my favorite quote of yours. It's not game over, it's game on. And as Lisa knows, I haven't really said this um, on on the show before, but I'm gonna say this now because you're here. Um, I, I I can't even believe these words, but I have a book that's coming out in June. Of 2022, and in it, uh, and I asked Lisa's permission to include that quote and and to credit her in it because it's. I think it's an important part of my story, and I think it's. I think it's a call to action for all of us to hear that to know it's not game over, it's game on. I think that that's a wonderful way of looking at things. Uh, I do want to address because I think it's really important um, that. Um, Damon, I, I need to like acknowledge what you've said here. Damon has written in and said, We are autistics, not people with autism. And and at least one person has written in, and Manuela has written in in response to that, and said that um in, in her case, uh that oh I dropped my earbuds. Sorry, now I've dropped both of them. I'm never gonna be able to hear you. Uh <laughs> it's tragic, I can't lean over. Um here's the thing. Uh, and Emmanuel has written in and said that in her case, it is her son who, uh, that they refer to as being a person with autism. I Damon, I want to tell you that I love you. I don't even know you, but I love you. And that we say this all the time on the show that this show is by, uh, you know, our, our mission is that this is for the larger autism community that it starts with people who are on the autism spectrum. We honor your story. We honor your voice, but we also include in our community, everyone who loves those individuals. So, so Damon, I'm telling you um, that I absolutely love you. And I support your right to refer to yourself, however you would like to refer to yourself. I would tell you though, that we have people who are hashtag actually on the spectrum or hashtag actually autistic that come on the show every day. And we ask them, how would they like to be referred to? Both Lisa and I have adult sons on the spectrum. I don't want to speak for Lisa, but I will speak for me that I take my directive from my son and my son does not want to be referred to as autistic. As much as you have a right to be referred to how you want to be referred to, I honor him that he does not see himself that way. He says, I am on the spectrum um, or, or I was diagnosed on the spectrum. And so that is my default. I don't mean that to be disrespectful to you, but I do wish that in the future, we would all, all of us, Let allow everyone to refer to themselves however they want to. So Damon, I honor you that you would like to be referred to as autistic, but I would hope that you would keep in mind that all people that have that designation have different ways that they would like to be referred to too. And that is what I'm honoring here is what my son, how he would like to be referred to. I don't pretend that... um, that that is the perfect fit for everybody because it's not a one. That's the thing that I always say all yeah. the time. It's not one size fits all.
1: Well, once you meet one person with autism, you meet one person living with autism. And my son's the same way. He would be preferred to be known as Jeff, not autistic. Yes. And that's what he's told me <laughs> multiple times. So I, I think we're we're all working in our own paradigms and we're all working and navigate to love and honor everyone. Um, you know, I, I respect everyone's journey, right? Quite frankly, if you don't need Taka, gosh, we're, we're introducing over 700 new families to Taka every month, needing help and support. If you don't need yeah. us, God bless them. Thank you. Um, but if You're you need us, real. we're going we're gonna to be here to support and serve.
0: Amen to that. I love that Yadira says, we respect all views. My daughter calls herself a person first, an artist, an author first then refers to her reality as a person with autism and the good and challenges that come with it. Absolutely love it! Isn't that amazing? That's a
1: great way to look Uh, at it.
0: Amen, Yadira. Uh, Carol, though, says it is game over if the adult with autism doesn't want to try. Do you have some words of wisdom for her while I pick up my earbud on the floor? Yeah, please pick up your earbud. Um, You know, Carol, if the adult
1: doesn't want to try, then um, it may be time to seek help to help them set goals and what they want to do with their life and what they want to be and how they want to live their life. Um, Mom and dad can't live forever. I've checked with God and He's not negotiating enough with me she. Uh, so I would just say, hey, look, if the individual with autism wants to lead in an independent life, let's set a path and a goal and a list to get there. But um, you know, if a person is not willing to try. We need to give them a way to explore the opportunities and a way to explore and try. Um, I don't know what state you live in, but you can contact us and our adult services coordinator, and um, we provide support services, education tools, and uh, define uh, different resources for people who are living with autism as adults and people who are caretakers to those individuals so they can. Use.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I'm a big fan of Dr. Doreen Grand-Pichet and my, my favorite quote of hers is she says always, it has to be fair. And, and so I guess my question is, um, you know, everybody wants something, everybody wants something. And what is it that your adult who doesn't want to try, what is it they do want? Um, and that that might be the ideal place to start. Now, I know because I have friends who say, well, you know, my adult daughter, all she wants to do is sit on a stool and drink coffee. That is her ambition of what she would like to do. Well, there's times in the day, I don't drink coffee, but there are times of the day when I just want to sit on a stool and drink something that's warm too. That's not, look, it's not unreasonable. <laughs> it's just a matter of broadening that desire to do other things. You know, would she like to do it in a coffee shop with friends? Um, would she, you know, like to, you know, do it with a coffee maker that makes different flavors? I mean, there's always a place to start, right? Um, and, and so I hear you, Carol, that you're saying the adult is not interested and won't participate. And I, I'm sure that the awesome, you know, parent that you are, that you are finding things that are like that we go that come under the heading of things we would like them to be interested in. But my question is what, what does he want to do? Does he just want to sleep? Does he just want to draw? Does he, we've talked before about, you know, we preempted Temple Grandin Tuesday, but Temple Grandin says that it left to her own devices. What she really wanted to do was to sit on her bed and spin a metal plate. And that she would have done that for hours upon hours upon hours and that she still says, oh, that's a good time. That is a good time for her. She says, take me to the beach and let me hold sand in my hands and let it fall between my fingers that I can kill three days at the beach and not care about anything else. And I have things like that in my life. I'm sure, Lisa, I'm sure that there's something having to do with music because I know you to be a big music fan. Oh, my there's
1: God. Be- if I could go to a concert every night, I would do it. Right? And I have a list of 50 artists I'd like to see. But the pandemic's stopping that from happening. So I yeah. I think it's finding their internal motivation and working with uh, professionals that can help you. And Taka has resources uh, to help you share mm-hmm. what's available. Um yeah. asked, what's the meaning of Kaka or the autism community in action?
0: Um,
1: and Mike Hippie asked a question on Hickel. Sorry, Hippie sounds cooler. Uh, and I just shared in the private chat the About Autism page. He asked the question of what's the percent of individuals or children living with autism that are nonverbal. The current stat we have is 40%. Um, I'll have them post the About Autism page and you can go look at those statistics. Um, but yeah, that that definitely is one of the most important statistics that we look at. The other one that we know is an important statistic is less than 14, it's about 14% of adults with autism will hold a job. I want to blow that number out of the water. I want to increase that by double digits every year. So every person can have purpose and meaning in their life and they earn a living and have that to be something that they are proud of and living their dreams, but also being independent. So there's some of these stats that are available based on certain surveys. And I think that um, we'll continue to ask for that information we have to be updated and refresh. But it's also one of the staggering uh, notes to note in one of the most recent surveys is the average individual living with an autism diagnosis. Has on average 4.9 existing or coexisting medical issues like seizures, immune dysfunction, gastrointestinal disorders, and the list can go on and on and on. So uh, we use this data uh, to help us drive and get the most effective treatments and therapies along the lifespan for each individual living in the hospital.
0: Amazing. And Carol, you shared more information um, and said, we are now divorced. I misunderstood and thought this was your adult child, yeah. not your ex-husband. Whole other Oprah, don't you yeah, agree? That, that
1: I don't have expertise on. If you're now divorced, I, I don't know how to help other than family therapy counseling. If there is a child that you share trust to, if you don't, I, I don't know how to help.
0: Um, But there are great resources. There are many books available right now on on being married and being divorced from, um, but hopefully to stay married when possible, uh, when individuals are neurodivergent from each other. Um, It's a growing segment of the population. I'm so grateful that there is a growing segment of individuals who are on the spectrum who are finding spouses and attempting Hey, marriage is hard. I'll be the first person to hand hold my hand up and say marriage is hard. And whatever the issues that you are, that you're having, um, are very individual, but Carol, I'm sending you a hug. Um, and if you want to, uh, if you want to write to me, Shannon at autism live.com. Um, and I can send you some resources of good books for spouses. Oh, and she says she does have an adult son on the spectrum as well. I went through the peers program, good, and many others. Now as an adult, he just wants to learn by experience. He lives out of state, nothing more I can do. Um, but it sounds like he's living independently and that you're doing well. And bless you all. Bless you so much, Carol. I hope you have like peaceful holidays um, through that. I wanted to go back that somebody said that they had just gotten their uh, Taka guide. I know you mentioned it briefly, uh Lisa, but talk a little bit about more about what the guides are. I think I've got mine
1: yeah right, awesome. you have the prop. We created an autism journey guide, and they're free. just pay for shipping um we thankfully the American region um, is has given us a great grant uh each year we send out anywhere from two to three thousand of those, and it's just a Where to start in each of the most important categories um, for the autism journey. The website probably has, I would say, 20 times that guide and information. Um, But the guide is a great way to get started on your journey, navigate important parts, and be aware of what may be coming up
0: next. You know, my mom used to have this book that she had on our bookcase that it was the. I don't know what it was called. It was like the mother's encyclopedia, something like that. And all through, this is before the internet, yeah. y'all look look at the snow on the roof. But um, whenever there was a question about something, somebody had a rash or there was a question about something or you went to the doctor and they said you had something, you didn't go to the internet to look it up. You pulled out the mother's encyclopedia and looked it up and said, well, what does the mother's encyclopedia say about this? Well, I just flipped through here um, and you know, really quickly, you watched me, I found like five different pages. Of, and one of them was like, tips on how to deal with diarrhea. Stop. This one is de- like, I mean, like, how useful is that you guys, this one is developing lifestyles, how to teach a skill. And they're just it's like consolidated. Look at this chores by developmental age. This has all the things that you've all been looking for. And it costs, I'm sorry, what did you say? It's free,
1: thanks to American Legion. And
0: and then you just
1: need to pay for shipping to your location. Um, As we continue to roll out back, putting the scene in community, which we're rolling out in January, or re-rolling out, as the case would be, this fabulous pandemic and the phase that we're in. uh, You can pick them up for free at our events as well
0: tax strategy for parents. There's nothing that isn't in here. Um, although you're right. If, you know, this is just the abuse moves because there is so much more on the website. Look, I, you know, we've been doing this show for 10 years and people are like, how do you still have things to talk about? And I'm like, okay. Right. There's still a lot left to talk about. Right. Um, but 10 years of doing videos with experts from all over the world. And I still say, and I, and I know this to be true. It's not just my belief. There is no website that has more information than Taka. It is the biggest, most beautiful website for autism. Everything that you could possibly look for. Um, Traven's just showing you the family resources page on the website, which nice, nice cut to that Traven, but, um, start with the guide and, I got to be honest, like I, I talk a lot in um, on the show, Lisa, about bathroom books, that there are some books that you get that you just stick them in the bathroom, stick them on the back of the toilet tank. And, you know, every time you, you take a minute in the bathroom, you just pull them out and read a page. And, you know, you're you're this is when I went to graduate school, this is what they told us to do. Take the five books that you know you don't have time to read and stick them on the toilet tank and you'll get through them in the next year. Um, but this is a little bit big for a bathroom book. Uh, like, and I wouldn't want it to be a centimeter smaller because it's nice. It's got a beautiful font. It's easily readable. Right. Um, but this is the kind of book that you want to put someplace where you can get at it on a regular basis. Like my mom had the mother's encyclopedia. It was on the bookshelf that everybody had to walk by 700 times a day. So, and it's also pretty, it has pretty graphics. It's very well done. Uh, very well done, Lisa. I just love it, and it used to be bigger, and it used to be two volumes and you've made it more concise, easier to do because eventually we're going to go to the internet right?
1: yeah, and, you know the one problem that
0: i've I, talked
1: about uh, going to digital just digital because it's it is digitally available on our website and in separate articles um but you know there's something different about having a book writing notes, sharing those notes with your physician the therapy team. Um, and so we're, we're, for the foreseeable future, going to continue to print and share those things to our friends and
0: supporters. So thank you. Absolutely amazing. Um, and so do go, we put up the, the web, posted, uh, the link about, uh, how to go to TACA and go to about autism, but we encourage you to go to org. Check out the whole website. It really is a gift to the community that you've given. There's so many things that you can find there. Um, but I don't want to leave us, we're, we're running low on time here, but I don't want us to leave without clarifying what the talk of mentors are, Lisa, because it's an yeah, amazing service.
1: They're, they're a volunteer a group of amazing humans uh, that volunteer their time to help another family um, they pay it forward to help them navigate their autism journey and be the local Sherpa guide like about speech pathologists, ABA therapists and companies, uh, physicians, uh, local places to go for kids that have um, sensory needs, et cetera. So I love the mentor program, best humans on the planet that really just care and want to pay it forward. And it's parent-to-parent advice. Um, And currently, it's less than 10% of the folks we serve and their families have children uh, on the autism spectrum. So we're dealing with um, 90% or more of the folks we serve are under the age of 18. And we're just starting to embark on a five-year plan to address the adult service needs. So we're going to be working to um, offer more of our services and support. Uh, for the adults on the spectrum, and again, it's uh, roughly 10% of people served serve. So mentoring is family to
0: families. Really wonderful. Liliana, thank you um, for writing in to us. We love you back. And uh, so thrilled to know that there are people like you being special education advocates. Um, Riverside County thanks you. We thank you. Um, I, I also want to say, Lisa, that we've had so many of our viewers write in. You were so generous with your last conference and gave away so many free passes to go to your online conference and those those recordings that you did are still available to the end of the month that people can still be watching those and people have written in and said how amazing it was for them how much they feel they learned um, and how excited they were that they're not through all of the videos yet but that they're learning as they go you you do these conferences usually um, twice a year. It's been troubling times. Is there a plan for the next conference yet, or is it too early to speak up?
1: We're still working on that right now, dotting our eyes and crossing our t's for the 2022 parent education plan, which we hope will include two parent conferences. We're hoping for a combination of in-person and virtual, but you know, we're working on how we do that with the resources we have. And, of course, this little thing called COVID
0: yeah this little thing um which keeps whoo back around uh amanda says I, I am so appreciative to have been able to attend it was amazing um, so and i know people on a pretty much on a daily basis we get somebody writing in and saying thank you to us for you know having you on and so that you could give away free tickets um and we're reminding everybody that if you if you purchased a ticket back in october you still have the ability to be watching those videos. Now, if they didn't purchase a ticket, is there a uh, is there a way to, to buy in to watch the videos now, Lisa?
1: Yeah, the, the issue that we have is that the content is going to wrap up by December 31st. And we feel the value is having longer to look at it. So we've closed off registration at this time. And because the information is not evergreen, we also take it down by December because there's going to be new content next year and no information available. So for everyone who has a user ID and password, get in there and get all you can between now and December 31st. Um, But just know that we work really hard at acquiring new speakers and content and updates because it is rapidly changing. Each week, there are 50 to 100 published studies coming out on autism therapies and treatments each week. So we don't want that data to go bad, and we want to keep it updated and fresh. And there will always be things covered at our conference and education events.
0: Amazing, amazing, amazing. Are we allowed to ask, because um, I know I, I want to be sensitive, but are we allowed to ask how your son is doing?
1: Of course you're allowed. Are you kidding? I want to wear a Jeff for President t-shirt. Um <laughs> He's doing phenomenal. He's in the last year of his senior year. He'll be graduating in May. Uh, at his from first college. Choice, from his first choice university with a mm-hmm. humanities psychology major. And I couldn't be prouder of him. Couldn't be prouder. Here was a kid, you know, back in the day, diagnosed with autism in the moderate to severe category. He was mm-hmm. nonverbal uh, from 15 months after almost age 7. My first conversation I had with him was when he was 11 years old. So, to see him in college, um, I have a lot of ABA therapists to thank, um, but also his functional medicine and medical specialists to thank um, that have been working with him for years. And he is my constant inspiration and in just doing amazing. I can't wait to share the picture of him with his cap down.
0: I'm amazing. Wait. Amazing. You, I'm, I'm always following in your snowshoes, right? Cause uh, my son just started college and, um, you know, I remember when you were talking about your son in high school and talking about getting ready for college. And I was like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta get it together here. But now, um, to see, you you know, you're getting ready to graduate from college. I'm already nervous about, like, I love that my son is in college. I, I love that, you know, he's excited to be where he is and studying what he's studying. But I got to be honest, Lisa. I have some fears and concerns about when he graduates from college. Are are you fearless in this, or do you feel like it's all taken care of at this point because he's a senior? Or, uh, you know, are you laying awake at night, going, "Oh my gosh, it's a whole new ball game"?
1: Hey, you know the one thing that I have is the confidence in my son to choose his journey, um, and I am just blown away with his eloquence his ability to articulate his needs and his desires. And I just want to lift him up to be the human he wants to be and give him the support that he needs. Um, He's going to start off with a few internships. Um, But first and foremost, he said, Mom, I need a break. I've been in school a long time. I couldn't agree more. He's going to take a nice break. I hope some of it includes me, and I hope some of it is without me, for the love of George. (laughs) because <laughs> um, he needs to there and uh, his aspiration is to get a girlfriend and I would love to see that happen post uh, all this crazy pandemic that we have but uh yeah he's gonna he's gonna be I have no fear about Jeff he's gonna lead a healthy independent life and hopefully like my daughter give me some more grandkids because he is just super cute ladies they're gonna be advertising. I mean, come on now. Come on now. That's a cute individual. That is a
0: handsome young man. Right? Handsome young man. Wearing so, a suit well, too.
1: Yeah. Mama raised a, him right. Yeah, he's adorable and awesome, and I can't wait to see what he does next. So, when you talk about your I have, when I look at him, I have zero fear. Nothing but hope and, and excitement for what he does next. Because he is, every colonel they said he wouldn't jump.
0: And every girl is setting what you do, done. There we go.
1: Why why putting your limitations on the guy?
0: I but love what
1: happens that. happens
0: next? I love that. And I love you. Hey, we're saying to Tracy Manning who's written in and says that she is a new RBT as of yesterday. Congratulations. Uh-huh. Train uh, getting through that training. Um, and uh, I love that somebody asked the question, what's an RBT? And she said a registered behavior. Therapist uh, or technician, I think some people call it. Um, you know, some insurance companies won't pay for the behavior tech unless they have either um, a BCAT or an RBT, a board certified autism technician or a board certified uh, a registered behavior technician. So, congratulations, Tracy. That means you're going to be able to help more people, in particular the kiddos in the military. Uh, Tricare won't pay unless they're an RBT, so you're helping military families by by being able to get that as well as advancing your career. And next step, BCAB, I love it, Tracy. We, if we could just yeah. clone you, yeah,
1: can can we clone Tracy? Can we just make two thousand of Tracys in her city? Because I'm sure that's what's needed.
0: I was going to say two thousand, two, but two thousand in her city, in her city. In in her city. Her city. I love that. I love city. that. Yes, let's absolutely. That's a thing fondly to be wished. Uh, and so, uh, yes, everybody's congratulating uh, Tracy. Really wonderful. Uh, so, Lisa, I just want to thank you for taking the time to be here with us and to talk about this important topic. I'm sure that the conversation is not over, but I, I, I want you to take just a second and remind us. Because earlier, at about the half hour mark, we talked about what parents and community can do because of this, these uh, new findings in the prevalence numbers. Remind us what you would like us to do. Call us to action.
1: Yeah, the call to action is local news will report on it or not. Let's get them reporting facts. And about um, the more awareness and widening of services, which are feelings, not fact, um, we need to share. What the reality is in your home and in your family, and make sure that we're dealing with facts and we have an about autism page that has all the prevalence and the, the different issues that our families are facing, and each of those things have a clickable, linkable study. Um, and I think we, we need to deal with the facts. We need people to stop responding and stop making excuses, and let's take action to help families. So, I think it's extremely important that we go to the About Autism page, make sure we're aware of the facts, write letters to the editor, or make calls, or get interviews with people that are going to make a big difference to help share what is real and not the feelings of of somebody that's not understanding what the issues are. So, and if we need Dr. Walter Zaharagi from Rutgers University, the principal, CDC, Investigator for the Adam data—that would be even better. So I—I yeah. I just want to leave uh, with: that every individual with autism deserves a rich, healthy, independent life. I want that for every individual. And um, when we are looking staring down one in forty-four U.S. children having autism, one in twenty-six in California, excuses need to go away. Actions need to start happening.
0: Amen to that. Lisa Ackerman, uh, the voice of reason here. Uh, We're so grateful for your time. I'm losing earbuds as I speak. Uh, (laughs) My ears are just too big. Um, But uh, thrilled that we had this time to be with you. And if I don't get a chance to talk to you, Lisa, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please have the happiest of holiday. Uh, You always make my holidays. And uh, let's hope for a happy new year for everyone. Uh, but love to you and your family and to everybody over at Taka. I reposted the page that she was talking about. Um, and thank you all for being here to be a part of this conversation and being part of the tribe with us. We're going to be back tomorrow with Dr. Doreen Grampiche live answering your questions. You can be sending those in right now and we'll continue on with the toy guide. Uh, A little bit while we're talking with her, she's going to be talking with us about some of our therapist picks tomorrow. You can find the toy guide right now on autism-live.com at the top the toy guide or on autismnetwork.com click on the toy guide on the top and be looking at some of our recommendations. It's all free to you. Just a service that we provide to recommend those toys, but we are giving away a bunch of those toys on the 19th of December. And I'll give you more information about that tomorrow, our festival of toys. But in the meantime, please go to taka now, TACA now.org and check out the beautiful legacy, the work of this wonderful organization and of this fabulous woman that we had today. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much. Thank you to all of you. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one from you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.